The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2005. Wait a minute. 2005? Why, that's the year that Revenge of the Sith came out. What a coincidence. <laughs> I guess that's what we'll be talking about today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So this one is going to round out our series of looks at the prequel trilogy through the lens of family, thanks to the fact that by an amazing coincidence we've hit the year that corresponds with the episode number for the release of Revenge of the Sith. And seen through the lens of family as we've been looking at the movies in the previous installments of this series, Family really becomes the sticking point from a certain point of view in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, it's one thing when it's just you and your spouse and you don't have any other responsibilities aside from this whole Clone Wars business, right? But, you know, it's just the two of you and you're keeping it secret so it's exciting and you're fooling around and everything's fine. But then here comes baby and suddenly we're in a whole new scenario because it's one thing to keep it secret when it's just the two of you, but now you got a baby on the way? How is Anakin gonna keep this thing secret once the baby is born? I mean, that's a level of impossibility beyond the Jedi for sure. And at one point Padme tries to, you know, talk Anakin off the metaphorical ledge and say, you know, Obi-Wan will help us, and he will, but what's Obi-Wan really gonna do? Get him a job at Dexter's Diner? I mean, ugh. Yeah, the options for, you know, former Jedi Knight who won't be granted the rank of Master even though he was put on the council by the Supreme Chancellor who is a general in the Clone Wars, I mean, uh, you know, these are awesome skills, but I guess it would take a little bit of work to make them officially transferable if he goes to the local <laughs> Coruscant job board situation. Eh, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, going back to Naboo, right? They could just retire to Naboo. And Lord knows Padme must have enough connections there for them to be able to live and work and have a comfortable life. But, I mean... Yeah, once you've been a Jedi General, how do you do anything else? At least, that seems to be the thinking for Anakin, right? For Padme, Padme has seemingly reconciled all of this. She's been a queen. She's been a senator. She has been involved in the Clone Wars and has actually been on the front lines in some points as well. So she's no stranger to all of this amazing stuff either. And yet, and yet, she seems to have a piece about it that Anakin certainly does not. It probably doesn't help that Anakin starts having dreams about Padme dying in childbirth, which he has to take that seriously because of the dreams that he was having about his mother and look how that turned out. So there's every reason for him to start freaking out about Padme and what might happen to her in childbirth because, you know, it's happened, right? And whereas I mentioned the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion online about whether... 
Palpatine had anything to do with making the connection between Anakin and his mother in Attack of the Clones or somehow encouraging the dreams, even though that does seem to be a Sith power that we've talked about. There is more discussion about the possibility of whether Palpatine planted these ideas about Padme or stoked these fears about Padme in Anakin, which, my gosh, how silly is Anakin for having said anything to Palpatine about Padme? Did he? I mean, he does seem a little bit surprised in some sense, but he's talking with Palpatine and revealing some pretty personal stuff, like about him wiping out all the Tusken Raiders. Yeah, Anakin not showing very good judgment in that regard, and maybe that's also part of Palpatine's magical Sith ways. Maybe he's been trying to gently influence Anakin to reveal some of these things. That's certainly possible as well, so maybe we shouldn't you know, put all the blame on Anakin in this one, considering that he is genuinely trying to be a good actor until he goes off and murders younglings, but... Before that, he is trying to do the right thing for all intents and purposes, and Palpatine just keeps giving him little nudge after little nudge after little nudge and keeps sliding him across the chessboard until the point at which he can just go flick and knock him right off of there. But really, it was only a matter of time before Anakin ultimately became at odds with his surrogate family in the Jedi Order. It was just a matter of how that was actually going to happen. Of course, we kind of knew it had to happen this way because this is what we've been told from the mythology standpoint for many, 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 many years. But, you know, it could have gone down differently. It could have been a situation where Anakin finally had to confess or get caught. Maybe there could be a sitcom on Disney Plus where they keep trying to hide the baby in an alternate, like, sort of what-if universe. I mean, they're doing a what-if for Marvel. Why not do a what-if for Star Wars, right? And turn, <laughs> and turn Revenge of the Sith into a sitcom where, like, hey, what was that strange noise? Oh, Obi-Wan, don't worry about it. That's just R2-D2. He's, like, playing some weird thing for something, you know? I don't know. There's got to be an angle on that somewhere. But bringing it back to the real-world dynamics of this situation, well, real world in a galaxy far, far away, it is kind of interesting that it's family, from a certain point of view, that ultimately pushes Anakin away from the Jedi and over to the dark side of the Force. He's supposed to be the chosen one. He's supposed to be the one bringing balance to the Force. So this is kind of like a pendulum swing, basically. But the way the Jedi read that prophecy has to do with something good happening overall. And so ultimately... Anakin is going to have to swing back to the good side of the Force, which, again, it's family that makes that possible. And I really like this idea of family being a thing that brings balance to the Force. Certainly in the case of Star Wars, or at least in these movies, it's about family, the family bloodline being the thing that brings balance to the Force or being involved in that. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It can be the surrogate family, too. And so there you go. A few thoughts on family as it's presented to us in Revenge of the Sith. There is one other thing that I want to flag also for conversation, which I will do after the break. Stay tuned. 
Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So, I was thinking, uh, this is a side thought, but I was thinking that we should do an episode one of these days about the best monologues in Star Wars movies. It turns out, actually, that Jyn Erso has a couple of them, I think would be right on top. But in this particular case with Revenge of the Sith, I have a feeling you know what monologue I'm thinking of. It's the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, as recounted by Sheev Palpatine. The thing about this that applies to what we're talking about today is how he tells Anakin that Plagueis was so powerful and wise that he could influence the midichlorians to create life. And he delivers this story with a lot of, you know, dripping meaning and, you know, just heavy emotional intent. Anakin does not react. Like, Anakin is staring at him, but from our point of view watching the movie, Anakin is kind of three-quarter turned away, so we can only kind of see the side of his face. But you have to imagine that Anakin's eyes must have just gone boop! Like, that is basically how Anakin was created, right? Anakin has to have had some thought over the years about his virgin birth. I'm sure that was not hidden from him even as a kid. So yeah, the, <laughs> that moment had to have been a little bit shocking to him and I wish we could have seen his face. But yeah, the shock of hearing something that could relate to his own entry into the galaxy far, far away and that it <laughs> might be related to some Sith legend thing. Yeah, I can't imagine that <laughs> went over very well either. So there you go. That's the other thing I wanted to flag for you about Revenge of the Sith and issues of family in that movie. And that's going to be it for family discussions for another 10 days, <laughs> at least until we get to episode 2015. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.